0: in many ways what I'm trying to do is really find uh, use music as a way to to change the relevance of group fitness and have people work out or take care of themselves in a completely different way where they have the exuberance or the fun or the excitement or the high around it that they would if they were going to a great concert or a club.
1: We are back at Halo Talks NYC. This is Pete Moore, Integrity Square. I have the pleasure of welcoming Matthew Allison, my close friend and founder of Space Cycle of Asia. Matthew, welcome to New York City. I know you like being back here.
0: Oh, thank you, Pete. It's great to be back.
1: Excellent. So Matthew and I met about six years ago when he owned a company called uh, Space Yoga, Um, but really his roots are in the music industry, so Matthew, why don't you tell everyone your story, so they're inspired to pursue their dreams, whether that's uh, musically or exercise-wise.
0: Sure, I'd be happy to. So I'm from New York originally, and um, I've kind of had a long involvement in living in Asia, lived in Asia almost uh, 25 years, and I started doing, you know, that interest really got sparked when I went to college, and I studied Chinese, and um, after I lived in Taiwan for a year, I... felt like I knew what I wanted to do in my life and I I knew I wanted to live in Taiwan and I had a job all lined up to get me there and everything and like the best laid plans. They never really work out that way. Right. So I ended up uh, being sent. I worked for, um, I worked in, uh, finance at that point. It was one of the only jobs I could get where they would train me and send me where I wanted to go. Where'd you go? So, uh, I was trying to get to Taiwan and you know, uh, I, I worked in corporate banking and, uh, I got out of the training program, and my boss got reassigned, and he asked me if I would transfer with him, so he sent me to Malaysia, and I lived in Kuala Lumpur for half a year, and then I went back to New York, and then he sent me to Australia. I lived in Sydney for a year, Hmm. and I was still, you know, so what I kind of had all set up uh, as a plan took me kind of five years, but I've, I've always done things I really loved and tried to follow things that I'm passionate about, and I think one of the things I've learned in doing that is that sometimes you don't get there right away and and sometimes you kind of take a circuitous route or you uh, have a big speed bump in the middle of your path and then you kind of have to figure that out and not get totally thrown by that and find a way to pick yourself up or find a way to pursue that in a different form. So, you know, then I decided to go back to graduate school and um, I went to Wharton and when I finished, uh, that was really when I got to Taiwan. So it took me about five years, and then I went back to Taiwan, and I, I kind of knew the banking wasn't for me, although I loved the travel and um, the people I worked with. I just knew I wasn't as uh, in, inspired by that, that, that work at that time. And So I started really looking at um, things that were more creative and entrepreneurial, and I, I really wanted to work in the, the music business or the film business, but I wanted to do that in Asia. I didn't want to do it in the U.S. You're saying so, that those companies didn't come to Wharton to recruit? The, not uh, too I mean, many of them. Back the not day? too many of them were, you know, beating down the door. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, I started to uh, to look at different options. And uh, Sony Music was looking to set up a uh, subsidiary in Taiwan at that time, that a licensee, and uh, they wanted to hire a Taiwanese national to take that that job. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing the head of HR and they said, you know, listen, you're really not what we're looking for, but we're interested. We're curious mm-hmm. to meet you, you know? And I said, that's great. You know, I, and I said, I have no idea if I could set up a record label in Taiwan, let alone in, in New York, you know? And so, uh, the process lasted like four or five months. They asked me if I would like, you know, if I, when I was in New York, would I come in and see them again? And, you know, uh, so I started calling them up when I was coming in for other things and, uh, each time, they would introduce me to a couple more people, and then after a while, they said, we want you to go to London and meet the guy who's going to run Asia, and if he likes you, you have the job, and if not, you know, you can chalk it up to being an interesting experience, okay. and so I said, it sounds great, and so, you know, after all that time, I kind of went in, and uh, we, we hit it off, and he kind of became a mentor figure in my life, and uh, so I set up Sony's record company in Taiwan, and then I ran Taiwan, Hong Kong, and China, and I, I set up their joint venture in china several years after i joined the company and michael jackson came three months after we started the label and uh, then we went into local repertoire and started signing local acts took me about a year and a half to do that and um, when i left sony about 75 percent of the revenue came from local artists that we had signed and managed and were managing and developing and um, then i joined another record company called emi um, which was a british a uh, big British record company, and um, I ran the Asia-Pacific region for them, so I looked after about 18 countries and 42 companies and a couple thousand people, and um, I did that for six years, and then I, I left, and I retired, and I moved to Maui, and Thank I was you. doing a lot of yoga when I left EMI, and uh, really wanted to kind of completely flip my life around and focus more on things that were personally interesting and that were meaningful to me, and... Um, and I loved the job in the music industry, and I was traveling, and <clears throat> you know, I was in four or five countries in a week often, and um, you know, we had artists crisscrossing the region, and we had our own local artists doing interesting things. We managed, you know, we had a big talent management and division. This
1: was, just just for our listeners, just, just the, the years that this was happening, right, we, had, we had radio. <laughs> right we had cassettes we yeah. had uh, records well, it, uh, yeah not it, really it was a
0: cd era i it was mean cd era you know okay, and it was good. when CDs. the whole notion of an album the emi part was when the music industry really started to shift to a digital uh platform and right. you know now we really have three major distribution systems for music so we have big digital streaming services we have venues and ticketing and uh, we have big festivals, and and that was really starting to shift, so in the last couple years I was at EMI, we started digitizing everything, so we had digital fan clubs, digital ringtones, and that was kind of the way I was making like the budget, and and then we had a management division, so artists were performing, and in many ways that's still what's happening now.
1: So given that you were out in Asia for that long, how, how have those relationships kind of led you to believe that you could put it together a fitness company, yeah. you know, moved by music or based on music. How has that kind of um, yeah. allowed you to, 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 feel confident in that?
0: So when I, when I left Maui, I really wanted to, to develop kind of uh, something for Taiwan and my, 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 uh, it's always been a second home for me in some ways. And I, I wanted to do something for that community there. And I wanted to build kind of a, a different uh, relationship that that community would have to yoga and create a, you know, a really rich network of, of yoga teachers and a different kind of uh, environment for that. So now you know, looking back on that, that was over 10 years ago. Uh, we built kind of we've trained over 1,000 yoga teachers, and space runs kind of the top yoga studios in Taiwan, and we bring teachers from all over the world that have kind of led different uh, developments in different lineages or styles. And uh, we do concerts and events. And so I've been able to take a little bit of my music background into what I'm doing with yoga. But then about four years ago, I really started thinking much more around discussions that we had at that time. And um, at the same time, uh, I started thinking much more about boutique fitness and what was happening. And I could see that yoga and many other forms of fitness were really being brought into another era through inspirational teaching. And for me, what became relevant was how music was used in those classes Mm -hmm. with great teaching. And I started to think about building a whole fitness model around playlists and around the way I thought music could inspire people to do group fitness indoors, you know, in Asia, where really fitness has to be taken indoors to be something that people do on a daily basis because it's too densely populated or it's polluted or people can't get around as easily. They can go outdoors, but they can't do it every day. And so I really wanted to create a model that's more like a venue or a club around working out. And my inspiration really came from karaoke or, or you know, the way the way uh, big clubs are run. And I wanted to create a platform where we have our own house DJs and we create playlists and we create a state-of-the-art environment in the studios and we can live stream classes. And at the same time, we can have, you know, uh, the, the teachers be promoted through their playlists. Mm-hmm. So we're partners with the biggest Uh, digital music streaming services in Taiwan and China. So we partner with uh, KK Box in Taiwan, which is, um, you know, the biggest music streaming service. And we partner with QQ Music in China, which is owned by Tencent, and they have WeChat. And then we do events with all the major entertainment companies with Sony, BMG, Warner, Universal. And we do a lot of the promotions for big releases. So we did... um, Uh, We did Ariana Grande and we just did One Republic and we're working on Maroon 5 and then um, we do those kind of fan-based events and then we also work with big sports companies to create like uh, a relationship to music and working out where we have celebrities and athletes create playlists and talk about the importance of music and, and fitness. And we offer kind of cycle, bar, yoga, uh, dance classes, um, and the studios don't feel like a fitness center at all, and our apps don't feel like you're looking at a fitness center. It feels like you're looking at a, a club. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the idea behind so,
1: it. So, so has the, the space cycle venues kind of replaced an Ariana Grande, as an example, from you know, taking over a nightclub and taking over yeah. you know, a field and, and you're basically running all these entertainment through the through the fitness component.
0: Yeah, totally. So my idea is like it's a complete flip on a club or a karaoke model. The same people that line up for a karaoke on Friday and Saturday nights would line up for Space Cycle and they would go to a class that was either driven by KTV hits or Bruno Mars or, you know, whoever was touring or Fashion Week. And uh, I, I want that to be like a like a, a social model that people people take care of their health and wellness around, but, but it's a, a socially driven model that people have fun and it, it makes that uh, very different than a fitness concept where they kind of have to push themselves to take care of themselves.
1: So, so when you think about your business, are you innovating fitness? Are you innovating music? Is this like the new social destination? I mean, it seems like all these things are morphing and you're coming from yeah. a very interesting angle.
0: So everything in China seems to be, you know, has historically in the last few years been an online to offline model. And I've always conceived of this as an offline to online model. And so in many ways, what I'm trying to do is really find, uh, uh, use music as a way to, to change the relevance of group fitness. And, and have people work out or take care of themselves in a completely different way where they have the exuberance or the fun or the excitement or the high around it that they would if they were going to a great concert or a club or doing something with their friends. And th- then we're doing a lot more online, so we're live streaming classes and uh, we're, we're doing a lot of launches and promotional events, uh, and then we're creating playlists and sharing the playlist. So the way we build the classes, and the excitement around the classes, and the way we promote our teachers is through their musical tastes. Mm-hmm. And so about, you know, a percentage of the classes are curated, and we have an in-house music curation, DJs, and then a percentage of classes are driven by teachers' playlists and their musical tastes. Mm-hmm. And then we want the teachers to feel that that's a totally creative uh, environment where they can express their teaching and their inspiration through how they teach and how they relate to to to, to to, to music as another uh, a, a, as a key I, I don't know element of excitement or inspiration in their lives and right. share that
1: right and, and do you, do you view your instructors I, don't know, I kind of feel like it's, you you're like a talent management yeah. company versus just a you know a fitness yeah. company we've got people teaching classes it seems like you really Coming from the music side, you understand what talent is, yeah, and you treat it as such.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I've managed a lot of the biggest artists in Asia, and 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 worked with them over many years, and and been friends with with uh, many friends that you know I've I've kind of been involved in interesting aspects of their careers, and I, I feel for me it's a it's a real interesting opportunity for for us to to take a different approach to group fitness and instructors that are providing inspiration in that space Mm -hmm. and encourage them in a different way and then build a model out of that, you know, where where, where the the clubs represent that. They represent the physical location where that happens and where the teachers can share that, you know. So in some ways, it's a different form of creative expression, but they get to use their background and their skills and then also inspire people through, through their tastes as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So you've got a location opening in, in Shanghai in a couple months? Yeah, we have Shanghai opening in a couple months. We're now in um, three cities. We're in Beijing, Taipei, Shanghai. Uh, this will be our sixth club that we're opening under under space. Um, we have, uh, um, you know, the clubs are big. They're anywhere from 600 to 6,000 square meters to 13,000 square meters. Um Sorry, thirteen thousand square feet, and uh, we have uh, you know an amazing team of teachers that have all different kinds of backgrounds. Everything from dancers to you know uh, cro- to to you know people that run marathons mm-hmm. and people that are DJs and people that um, have performance based backgrounds. So it's kind of an interesting. Uh, lots of people have given up other kinds of careers to do this. They've been inspired by this model and now we're doing stuff with kind of the biggest uh, entertainment companies and, and sports brands in, in, in Asia. Got
1: it. So you know, from a from a standpoint of what, when you started the company obviously you're passionate about yoga and you wanted to create that experience for people in, in Taiwan Then you and I started talking probably five, six years ago saw what was going on in, in the U.S. market and said okay I'm going to get a little more commercial about this and yes. go you know full-fledged into the boutique space but you kind of at least the way i think about your company you're kind of doing what soul cycle's doing you're kind of doing what like a caa is doing on the, on the talent management side you're kind of like a music production playlist spotify so how do you explain the business yeah. to an investor to say okay i get that yeah. or i don't yeah
0: Totally. So, I mean, you know, I, I think in any of these models, you have to look at what your core ingredient is. And our core ingredient is to operate physical studios and, mm-hmm. and do that very well and have uh, a lot of people taking classes at those studios, talking about those studios, posting on social media platforms to have a lot of different uh, elements where, where we're relying on kind of the strength of our network and entertainment and music and 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 sports to build the physical student base. Mm -hmm. And and that's really the core of the business. And then at the same time, we're doing all this other stuff, which also generates revenue. You know, so we're building an apparel brand and we're going to, you know, stream classes. And uh, we're also looking at, um, you know, the teachers being involved in a lot of different activities outside the studio, which generates revenue for for them and then also helps to support the, the development of that network. So I think those are all other elements of the model, but the model is predicated on building the physical studios and creating an environment in the studios that almost feels like a boutique hotel. Like you wouldn't feel like that's a fitness studio and they're modern and they're beautiful and they have all sorts of kind of uh, minimalist urban elements with, uh, you know, they feel like very inspiring social spaces. So,
1: you know, from your experience over the last several years, you kind of know that the model works, you know, not just quantitatively, but qualitatively yes. from what people say and, and the experience people are having. Um, when you come to the US, you see there's a lot of studios and some of them, you know, you'd say are, you know, just as, as compelling you yes. know, to a consumer here as there, but then when you go to uh, some of these groups that are, that are questioning, you know, what that model uh, is going to do or what the unit economics are yeah. going to be, how do you Get on a flight from New York and then go back to Beijing and feel like, okay, if I was talking to people in New York and I can give them these analogies, you know, it, it, this, this makes total sense. And then I go to Asian and now you're like a first mover, almost like a, you're like a venture capital deal versus a growth equity deal. How does, how does that emotionally feel to you?
0: Well, I think you know everything is two or three degrees of separation and we kind of move around different worlds. And one of the things I, I really love is that I, I get to talk to so many different kinds of people and I learn from that, so it's very inspiring to me. And then I think about what I'm doing and I reflect that back in terms of how I'm changing or what I'm adding or what I'm bringing to this. But I, I feel at this point, it, it's a very different kind of model. So when I come to the New York or L.A. or go to London and I, I share it with people, they're really excited by it. They feel that it's something that can change the relevance of group fitness to, 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 or the relevance of music to group fitness. And therefore, you know, in many ways, it's kind of an enter, it's an early entertainment model. And I've had it compared to, you know, all different kinds of entertainment-based, location-based entertainment models. And we, we call it live fitness, but I, I feel like, you know, how it works for me is, um, you know, what I, what I believe in is that if you offer something that's truly creative in any given market and you offer something in urban areas that people don't have and they feel it's really going to better their lifestyle. One of the things I love about doing this at this time is I feel like people in urban areas want to live in a healthier, more conscious way, but they want to have the same amount of fun and they want to socialize around these things and they identify personally with it and then they want to share it on social media platforms. Right. So, what I feel like is whether it 's New York or Beijing or London, I feel like that can be done anywhere. but I think you know then you need to do that with with taking into account what the cultural trends are, what's fashionable, what's the social behavior, and then incorporate that so you need to localize that that model just like the way an entertainment company would localize so I, I feel like I'm able to take my whole experience in entertainment and then the time I 've had running kind of you know an um, in incredible group of yoga studios and then apply both marry those two experiences Mm -hmm. so i feel like for me that's kind of a full circle experience and that that that's that's a very motivational thing to be doing in your life when you can kind of take different things you've done professionally and blend them all together to 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 do it in a new way in a different way
1: so for some of the entrepreneurs that are obviously going to be listening to this podcast um one doing business in asia you know has its own uh you know, set of rules and, and, uh, and nuances to it. But also when you think about the growth of your business and, and you say you're opening up your, your sixth yeah. location um, I think um, it'd be helpful for people to appreciate, you know, building a team yeah. in another country. Absolutely with a set of rules, regulations, taxes, cultures, Processes. Maybe just give like a little snippet into what that looks like before yeah. someone goes o- and opens up a beachhead in yeah. Beijing. Like, here's some things you want to think about. Yeah, Many absolutely. Industries.
0: Well, you know, I think uh, obviously, you know, you're talking about cities with huge populations. Like, you know, uh, Shanghai and Beijing have populations both of above 25 million people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taipei and greater Taipei is 8 million people. So you, you're talking about, you know, you're appealing to a segment of that market. Uh, Secondly, you know, executing in another culture, another environment is always much harder than executing in your own environment. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to attract really talented people and inspire them and rely on a a management structure and a team to execute. Uh, You have to support the skill sets you don't have. I think one of the keys to being a successful entrepreneur is to realize, you know, what you can do well and, and then also support yourself and have... Uh, a, a very creative team of people that, you know, you you respect and that you nurture each other in some way. And then at the same time, you know, I think you, you then grow together and you learn together. Uh, and that's one of the fun things about fitness, sports, music, entertainment. These are very creative businesses. And so if you have the right mix, uh, and, and then I think, you know, you also have to rely on your instinct, but also uh, you have to rely on your ability to... To, to really formulate a model and then, and then develop that. And I think in doing that in another country is always tricky and, and more difficult, but I've, I've had many years of building businesses in Asia. And so I've set up many different companies. And so I think you start to then rely more on your, your knowledge of that, but then you apply something new and you, you start to use the analytics and the tools and the science that's available to you at the time plus the people. And I I think it's a very interesting, and timing is critical in all of these things. If you're in the wrong time, it's a very, very hard thing to do. It's like pushing a boulder uphill. And I think, you know, in this case, this is really the right time in many levels, you know, in terms of commercial real estate, in terms of attracting top talent, in terms of working with entertainment companies, in terms of the urban... Youth culture in these cities really want something like this now, and are very open and 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 accepting of that. And if it was four or five years ago, I don't think that would be the case.
1: Gotcha. So fast forward uh, a couple of years from now, where, where do you want Space Cycle to be, and and what do you want the buzz to be about the company? I,
0: I want Space to be an entertainment fitness brand, and I want mm-hmm. Space to impact the way teachers are developed and the way teachers see their career and be a source of inspiration for top talent. Uh, I want those teachers to realize uh, a higher level of potential through what space is able to to do Uh, at the same time i want that to then be a source of inspiration to students and you know uh, at that point we want to operate you know over 20 clubs in china we want to be expanding throughout asia and other parts of the world Uh, we also want to have a whole online part of the business um, and be doing things across lifestyle and entertainment that go beyond the physical
1: studios that's great well, congrats on the uh, success, as we like to say, You know, even when you might not think a lot of progress is happening, it's happening every day, and it's proven by the team that you built. And the, the grand openings that I've attended are uh, like a movie premiere. So uh, I'm excited to attend more of them. Congratulations, and thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks so much, Pete. Awesome.